Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, everyone, welcome to The Binge Buster Show as we have this special uh, special presentation tonight uh, at this special time, 6.05 and Without further ado, I'm going to bring on my co-host. I'm talking about Chris Plano. Chris, what is going on? Oh, terrific, Tony. How are you? Uh, what, uh, thank you for making me a part of this special edition of the subject that we're talking about this week and the, and the news that kind of you know reverberated throughout the wrestling world and uh, starting this podcast at 6.05 tonight makes it even that much more special on a on a Saturday back in back in the day when we were watching wrestling on, on cable television. Yeah, and uh man, it's it's kind of crazy. It's like uh today uh I decided to uh to uh, to do this podcast at 605 uh as we honor the memory of Jim Crockett Jr., probably one of the greatest wrestling promoters uh I know at least of my time and your time uh back during the territory days. I mean, he was the only only uh, territory uh, that could compete with the guys up in New York, uh, so I'm I'm excited about that. Um, you know, uh, Jim Crockett uh, was uh, synonymous here in the Carolinas uh, to uh, you know basically uh, bring forth uh, what they called real wrestling uh, with all the big stars, uh, future stars. I mean, you know, if you go back and look, all the guys that become huge up in new york they they kind of broke their you know broke in um here in crockett territory uh you know you look back jimmy snooker and rowdy roddy piper uh among others but of course we all know the greatest wrestler uh, in the history of pro wrestling uh came out of the mid-atlantic territory and we're talking about nature boy rick flair uh so fans before we uh go any further um we're going to go right into this get this podcast going uh on Today, as we talk, Jim Crockett uh, promotions, but more importantly, uh, the memory of Jim Crockett Jr. Jim Crockett was an American professional wrestling promoter from 1973 to 1989. He was part owner of Jim Crockett Promotions, a wrestling company affiliated with the National Wrestling Alliance from 1976 to 1987. Jim Crockett Promotions also owned the Charlotte Orioles, a minor league baseball team based in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, the Winston-Salem Polar Twins in the Southern Hockey League from 74 to 75, but most importantly, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. And today we are going to be talking Jim Crockett Jr. of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. All right, fans, uh, we are back here on the Binge Buster Show. Chris, uh, as, as as you uh, alluded to at the beginning of the program, uh, big news this week, uh, sad news. On March the 4th, 2021, uh, Jim Crockett Jr. Uh, passed away uh, due to, um, you know, uh, the, the uh, decline in health conditions. Uh, I, I think I understand that his um, – uh, you know, his, his body pretty much shut down. Uh, he stopped taking dialysis and, uh, um, 
and there everything like that but uh but instead of uh talking about the the sad part of uh of this uh news uh let's talk about um Jim Crockett and and what and basically what he done uh to um to 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 the wrestling co- you know the, the the wrestling business um Chris I'll start with you uh what what are some of your thoughts of uh, or memories of Jim Crockett Jr. I, I mean, growing up as a kid, I mean, my first exposure has to go to into two areas. One, you know, 605 on WTBS every Saturday night was my first real exposure to the National Wrestling Alliance into what was Jim Crockett promotions. And then also reading about it in, in the monthly magazines back in, you know, the, you know, late 70s, you know, especially into the 80s and into the mid 80s more than anything else. And and if there's one thing about Jim Crockett promotions, and, and I think of guys like Nature Boy Ric Flair, uh, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, uh, Ricky Morton with the Rock and Roll Express, when they were doing their interviews every week, they would always say the National Wrestling Alliance, and then they would always say Jim Crockett promotions. And yeah. I just think that was the respect that they had. Not only was the man signing their paychecks every week, but the respect and the notoriety they were giving him on, on television, whether it was regionally or nationally, uh, you got to tip your hat to the man and, and, and what he did for the business. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things, um, you know, that I read online this week, uh, was Jim Crockett was, um, responsible for giving us, uh, the world's most famous flamboyant greatest wrestler of all time. Uh, I'm talking about nature boy, Ric Flair as Jim Crockett, um, had um, signed Ric Flair to come work for Crockett Promotions in 1974. And uh, I saw on Ric Flair's Facebook page, he said in 1973, I believe it was, he came to work for Jim Crockett with uh, uh, a little over $100 in his pocket. Um, and uh, that's how he got started. And, and so basically Jim Crockett uh, made Ric Flair a millionaire, and I'm sure Ric Flair done the same thing. Um but what I like to talk about is uh, one thing that a lot, a lot of people may not know because a lot of times, you know, you, you'd hear them talk about Jim Crockett promotions and they would re- re- refer to Jim Crockett Jr. as uh, a promoter. But in reality, Jim Crockett was also the president of the National Wrestling Alliance and he took Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling with the help of, you know, some some great stars and great bookers like Dusty Rhodes. Um and took Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling and made it the number two uh, wrestling promotion in the world, uh, which is saying a lot in the 80s because back then it, was, it wasn't it was like it is now uh, where, you know, uh, you, you know, you only had two major companies. But back then you had several uh, territories uh, that, that, were, that were promoted under either the, you know, the National Wrestling Alliance banner or either it was WWF, uh, which is now WWE, but, um, but incidentally, Jim Crockett Sr., who owned, uh, you know, Crockett Promotions, um, his, his, his overall idea, because Jim Crockett Jr. had no interest in pro wrestling, um, he was going to let his son-in-law, John Ringley, uh, would actually, when, when Jim Crockett decided to retire, he was going to turn the company over to, uh, John Ringley, um, and let him run Jim Crockett Promotions, but uh, incidentally, uh, I guess J- John Ringley was uh, an, er, an early version of Ric Flair, uh, and he got caught, uh, in, you know, uh, 
having a, an affair. Uh, so at that point, he was he was booted out. Um, Jim Crockett brought in wrestler George Scott as the head booker, uh, and then at that point, he decided to put Jim Crockett Jr. in charge, um, and he would run Crockett Promotions, and he would bring in guys like Wahoo McDaniel and um, uh, Ric Flair and uh, Sergeant Slaughter and a lot of guys that went on to become major stars for, for Vince McMahon. Um, but they got their start here in Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. Now, Jim Crockett was um, the NWA president. Uh, three different. He served as president three different terms, uh, first being elected in 1980, uh, and then uh, again in 19 and, – and actually he, he would serve from 1980 to 1983, um, and then he would um, be elected again in 1985, and then his last uh, term was in 1987. And But by 87, uh, you know, uh, we all know um, Crockett Promotion started, you know, to go downhill because they started buying up dead territories uh, and kind of put the company – um, you know, in bankruptcy. But uh, what I like to touch about is how Jim Crockett blew up pro wrestling uh, by uh, in 1985. By 1985, what had happened, uh, Vince McMahon owned uh, a, t- a TV time slot on Superstation TBS. Uh, for years, that was that was a time slot for Georgia Championship Wrestling. Uh, but uh, the, um, the uh, owners at that time, which I believe were the Briscoe brothers, they end up selling uh, their, um, their 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 part of it, and, and I believe Sandy Scott as well. Um, but they uh, sold their their shares to Vince McMahon, and he decided to start bringing over the WWF guys. Uh, of course, Georgia wrestling fans hated WWF, um, and they wanted Georgia Championship Wrestling back. And um, incidentally, Jim Crockett was able to. Um, strike a deal up with Vince McMahon and purchase that time slot. And that is when 605 World Championship Wrestling uh, was born. Um, and, uh, you know, as they say, Chris, it was it was all uphill from there because from 1985 to 1987, Crockett Promotions was the mecca of pro wrestling. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It gave them the, the national exposure that they needed. They were already getting the regional exposure in the mid-Atlantic Southeast area, but then it, it really made them national at that point. And, and the opportunity to break into other markets, like into the Northeast, uh, into Pennsylvania, into Ohio, and, and, and out west. They even made a couple of trips out west a little bit, and it was due to WTBS in, in that particular program. And, and now their coverage that they were getting magazines and and in other areas but i think it was tbs that really catapulted them and then gave them those opportunities you know to do such unique tours as the great american bash and to put on events like starcade and 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 the list goes on and on where it was appealing to wrestling fans and really i even think it helped them even you know to break into the pay-per-view market as well too i agree and one of the other um other highlights of uh, Jim Crockett uh, or Jim Crockett Jr.'s term in 1985, not only buying uh, the uh, TBS time slot from Vince McMahon and taking basically Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling worldwide, but he also organized the first annual Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament in which uh, wrestlers from eight different National Wrestling Alliance regional territories uh, participated in this uh 
this this two day tournament. Uh, or I'm sorry, one day tur- one like all day long tournament. Uh, and in the uh, Lu- Lu- uh, Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans, um, and of course the main event on that one, uh, not only seen um, Ric Flair defend his world title, but uh, the first uh, ever team, and and no other team could have could have won this tournament uh, better. No, no other team deserved it more, I should say, than the Road Warriors. And so the main event ended up being. Uh, two babyface teams, the Road Warriors, which uh, and uh, here's the thing that I say babyface, the Road Warriors, they were like in 1985, they were, um, you know, they didn't, you know, they they fought anybody, and and so um, they they were, I guess, I guess you you'd call tweeners because they were babyfaces at some, depending upon who they wrestled. Or they'd be heels, um, but the, but no matter what they did, the crowd still cheered them. I mean, nobody. Nobody was over like the Road Warriors. And, of course, in the, the main event for the Crockett Cup, the Road Warriors taking on Ron Garvin and Magnum T.A. Uh, and after seven and a half hours, uh, this, this tournament went on. Um, the Road Warriors end, end up winning uh, that. And, of course, all that did was just boost uh, the NWA and Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Um, the uh, And then, of course, uh, you know, a, a lot more major events came from Crockett Promotions, kind of, you know, as Starcade and the Great American Bash, and and of course, you know, during this time he brought in Dusty Rhodes as the Booker, and the storylines there were were phenomenal. Um, and uh, I I don't think that it will ever be replicated. Uh, I don't think wrestling will ever be as great or hot as it was from 1985 to 1987. No, no, absolutely not. Um, I mean, it was, you know, Jim Crockett and, and, and Junior, Senior, uh, you know, Davey Crockett, you know, all of them. I mean, they, they, they were going heads up with the WWF. I mean, there was no doubt about it. I mean, they never really, you know, mentioned it, but that's what they were competing with at that time. And, 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 and Vince McMahon clearly knew who they were as well, but they had a niche market. Yeah. Um, you know, and even when I talked to Jimmy Valiant in the past, Jimmy Valiant always told me this about, about, uh, about Crockett was McMahon always went to the big cities in the WWF. He did go to some smaller markets, but he was the big city promotion where Crockett brought the show to your hometown. Yes. Did he do the big cities? Absolutely. But he did a lot of off cities as well. When you look at Asheville, North Carolina, yep. um, you look at like Greenwood, South Carolina, Shelby. Roanoke, Virginia, uh, Shelby. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, it was just, he went into different markets, Charleston, Augusta, Georgia. I mean, and he really brought it to your hometown in addition to hitting, you know, Flair would always say, you know, Atlanta, Charlotte, you know, DC, Norfolk. I mean, Flair would always say the big cities, but you know, when, when, Crockett was doing two, three shows a day or, or sometimes, you know, double booking. They would be hitting those odd cities, which was great, and they were cleaning up money-wise too. Yeah, and and the cool thing that Crockett was doing during during this time, that Chris, that you're talking about, uh, you know, he, they, they they had two crews that, that would – basically they they would do two shows a night. They would they would have an A team and a B team and say the, mm-hmm. a, the a team might might be down in Charlotte tonight 
and the B team might be in Shelby doing doing the TV taping, and then over here in Greensboro they got a house show going on. But on that TV taping, because it's close by in Shelby, you know Shelby to Greensboro is only like an hour, hour and a half. So mm-hmm. they'd bring in Flair and Dusty, and they'd come in there and do their promos for the TV taping. Then they'd come down to Greensboro and work a main event match against each other. Uh, and and it was just it was just a time uh, that that like I say will never be replicated. Um, and 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 like I had alluded to, if, if you fans follow our Facebook page, I posted, I said, you know, without Jim Crockett Jr. and Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, there would never have been the Binge Buster Show because that's, you know, most of our content comes from uh, from NWA and Mid-Atlantic. Uh, but also, it, there wouldn't be no Terrific Tony uh, because, um, you know, I, I never, the only wrestling I ever watched as a kid, uh, I mean, I did watch a little WWF and a little uh, World Class, but, but, but my go-to, when I wanted my wrestling fix was always Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling or World uh World Championship Wrestling from WTBS. And uh you know, and and if and if you fans can go back and listen to some of the previous binge buster shows, I've had quite a few uh Mid Atlantic stars, you know, just a few weeks ago we had Black Bart on there and even Bart was was talking about how, you know, once Crockett got this uh time slot on TBS, uh everybody was big stars, you know. Uh, like overnight, so to speak, and uh, you know it's it it's just amazing time, and and uh, unfortunately, uh, the wrestling community, uh, the wrestling world, um, has uh, has definitely lost uh, you know a, a very important person. Uh, I know um, I got a text message from my good friend George South uh, just yesterday, and he in his message to me, he said, "Tony, he said all of our heroes are dying, man," and I said, "Yeah, George, they sure are." Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and George, uh, told me, you know, how, how much Jim, Jimmy Crockett Jr. meant to him and, uh, and, and, and everybody, you know, everybody out that I've ever spoke to, they've, they've always talked, you know, said, Hey, you know, Crockett, you know, yeah, he, uh, buy, buying the UWF and moving to Dallas was probably the worst, uh, business decision, uh, that he, that he made. Uh, but, you know, everybody has, you know, Every 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 person that's successful, um, you know something. You know, you, you know you have bad judgment every now and then, uh, but unfortunately that uh, that that one thing that he done, um, you know, caused the the actual sale of Mid Atlantic Wrestling and that kind of what you say the end of an era. But uh, that wasn't the end of Jim Crockett. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, when Jim Crockett Promotion sold the company to Ted Turner. Uh, Jim Crockett was still on the committee, and he was still uh, basically helping them run um, run the company behind the scenes. But you know, it, it wasn't really advertised. Um, by 1988, Crockett was near bankruptcy, so uh, through 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 the promoter Jim Barnett, he ended up selling the company to Ted Turner, and then he renamed it to World Championship Wrestling. Uh, but Crockett remained the NWA president until. 1991. So he was the president. Think about this. Uh, th- 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 this will give you an idea of, of, of how good of a businessman that Jim Crockett Jr. was. He was the president of the National Wrestling Alliance from 1980 to 1991. That, uh, Chris, that is a that's a that is a 11 years uh, running uh, the National Wrestling Alliance, which is uh, which is speaks high volumes from Jim Crockett Jr. Now. 
One other thing that uh, I, I read this the other day, uh, that even after 1991, Jim Crockett decided he wanted to get back into wrestling, uh, and he and I believe Paul Heyman uh, went in together and started to, to run a company called World Wrestling Network. Uh, they were going to be bo- uh, based out of the Sportatorium, uh, the world-famous Sportatorium fans in, in Dallas, Texas, and uh, he was going to come in and help them run it. Um, and he also brought the, the NWA back uh, during this time. But um, what had happened at that point was um, they uh, Paul Heyman decided to go run ECW full-time, and so Jim Crockett at that point bowed out of the wrestling business. But um, after even after that, uh, Jim Crockett, um, after his retirement from pro wrestling, uh, he worked as a Texas realtor and mortgage loan uh, originator. So uh, businessman, and then you think about it like this, uh, he, he was promoting wrestling business. Now he's promoting house sales. <laughs> and, 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 and he did very well with that as well. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, on February 28th, uh, we, 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 we got word that, uh, that that Mr. Crockett was in grave condition. Uh, and then, of course, uh, on uh, March the 4th, we got the word. Uh, and I believe it was Robert Gibson from the Rocknell Express was the first person to report uh, that Jim Crockett had passed away due to liver and kidney failure. And Mr. Crockett was 76 years old. Um as uh, as as one of the hosts of the Benchbuster Show and wrestling promoter myself and uh, or former promoter myself and current wrestler, uh, you know I want to thank Jim Crockett Jr. for all of his uh, dedication and hard work uh, and uh, putting out a great product which made me get addicted to pro wrestling and want to be a wrestler um, and uh, you know even though I never got to meet Mr. Crockett um, from what from all the people I've talked to. Uh, I'm sure he was definitely a, a, a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. He he was uh, he, you know a pioneer in, in the industry, uh, president for the NWA on several different occasions. And that 11 year run, uh, I think anyone might attest, might have been one of the most exciting times in the history of professional wrestling, uh, the mid to late 80s, um, you know, in, into 90. Uh, you know, you know. So many, he made so many stars, so many names that, that became stars, whether it was in the NWA or other promotions. Or, I, you know, I, I think, I think if you talk to any wrestlers from from the era when Jim Crockett was in business, I think in some way, shape, or form, directly or indirectly, they had to be touched by the man at at at, at some point at, at the national level. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris, a hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know. Crockett was was uh, responsible for so many things in the pro wrestling industry, um, and of course, uh, the the you know we alluded on this at the beginning of the show. Um, probably his biggest accomplishment was signing Ric Flair, um, and uh, even after Ric Flair's plane crash uh, in '75, uh, Flair still came back, um, and with the help of Jim Crockett, um, you know he he made you know over over in up in New York. Um, Vince McMahon had his, um, Hulk Hogan, uh, who was his cartoon Superman. Uh, and, uh, he, he led the company, uh, into, um, you know, stardom. Uh, you can't help but believe that Ric Flair done the same thing, even though he wasn't the superhero cartoon, 
but he was the guy that every sports uh, figure uh, wanted to be like. Um, you know, without a doubt, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan uh, are the two most popular wrestlers, which my opinion, this is my opinion, but uh, definitely the two most famous wrestlers ever um, in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel that, you know, without Ric Flair and without Hulk Hogan, uh, all these other guys that came after, uh, I don't think they would have even had a chance had it not been for Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan laying the groundwork down. But in order for them to lay the groundwork down, they had to have a good promoter. And uh, Mr. Crockett and Vince McMahon were definitely that. Um, but, you know, like I said, unfortunately, we, we lost Mr. Crockett, and uh, our heart goes out to his family uh, and everybody else that was touched uh, their lives were touched uh, by Mr. Crockett. Uh, Chris, before we go off the air tonight, uh, you have any parting words for our Binge Buster listeners? I mean, uh, you know, Tony, this has been – I really appreciate you, you know, letting me be a part of the podcast this week. It was a very special one, uh, you know, right at 6.05, the WTBS uh, Superstation Hour uh, with the National Wrestling Alliance and, and, and with Jim Crockett Promotions. And like I mentioned a few minutes ago, a pioneer in the wrestling industry – um, uh, was lost this week, but, um, uh, you know, his immense contributions to the industry will never be forgotten. And, and I think you'll always see a footprint of it, uh, you know, not only now, but even in the future. And then of course, obviously always looking towards the past. And, um, you know, there's one thing about Ric Flair, you know, he did eventually jump to the WWF uh, in his career, but he was loyal to both Jim Crockett senior and junior. And, and you don't see much of that now in the professional wrestling business today. Um, but you know, a, a great man and a, a great man that did great things. Um, and really, really, uh, I, I think he might've even said it at one time that it's not wrestling. I think we call it wrestling yeah. <laughs> down here, uh, true. in the South, uh, when he they, when he was referring the NWA and his promotion to the WWF, I think he used the word, uh, wrestling, R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Um, and, uh, you know, a great man. And, um, um, I'm sure bringing back a lot of good memories, uh, uh, for wrestlers and, and fans alike, uh, uh, this weekend and, and moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Well, fans, thank you for joining us this week, uh, on the binge buster show next week. Chris and I are back. Uh, with uh, uh, talking Super Clash Two, uh, that that will air next week on the Binge Buster Show. But uh, again, fans, thank you for joining us, uh, and uh, make sure you uh, go out and subscribe to our uh, Facebook page. Uh, and if there's any topics that you would like us to talk about, uh, send us a message, and we'll uh, do our best to make it happen. Uh, well, Chris, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm going to do the same. And next week, fans, Chris and I will be back with, with a full-length uh, Binge Buster show. But for Chris, I'm terrific Tony Binge coming to you from the studios here in the wrestling capital of the South. Uh, thank you for joining us for the Binge Buster show. We'll see you next week. And until then, so long for now. Thank you for listening to The Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.